Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that solves your freelance problems one at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Pratt, and my business is Dive Deeper Development and I'm a personal development trainer and coach. And I'm your other co-host, Katie Carlisle, and I run a Squarespace website training and design business. And today we're discussing the problem of there not being enough hours in the day. As a freelancer, we have to do uh, a lot of different things in order to sustain our businesses. And it's a challenge to find enough time to do all those things. So how do we manage our time? So Katie, first of all, why do you think time management might be a challenge for freelancers in particular? I think the, the one of the reasons is that we don't have as much structure in our lives as people in a traditional work environment. So we've talked about wearing all the hats before, we've talked about being your own boss and all of those things I think contribute to the, the almost the kind of unlimited possibilities of freelancing and trying to then condense that into something where you can actually do everything that you want to do in a meaningful way is really hard. So I think A, in a traditional employment set up you've quite often got more accountability you've got people checking in with you you've got people making sure that you're on track you've got people telling you what to do some of the time and you're also surrounded by other people who are working at the same time as well so you go into you know i mean obviously we've got more flexible workplaces happening all the time but generally you know you go into an office and you work alongside other people and you check in with them and you probably might be working on projects with other people at the same time so there's a natural sort of impetus of moving that forwards and so you've got just much more structure in that sense I think as well with freelancing one of the reasons that we choose it is flexibility but that flexibility works both ways so we do it to to kind of say right yeah we want a better work-life balance etc etc but that means that sometimes the life part infringes on the work and makes it hard to find the time to do that. So if you've gone freelance so that you can spend more time with your family, so that you've got more options of you know spending time with your kids, or if your kid is sick and you struggle to manage that when you're in employment, it's much easier to manage in freelancing because you don't have to then worry about, oh, am I gonna get sacked for having too many days off or whatever, but you still have to do that work and you lose that time in the day. So. I think sometimes you actually don't have as many hours because you have more opportunity to take on other outside responsibilities, which, yeah, is a blessing and a curse. So I think that work-life balance, but also merging is one of the reasons that we struggle. And then I think just like the, from a, I mean, obviously we all have the same number of hours in any day. So there are, in, in theory enough hours in the day, but for freelancers, the fact that we have to do everything means that it's not just a case of like, right, I'm in the zone doing this one thing, I just turn up, I just, you know, do this work and then I go home at the end of the day. You've got to, you've got to find ways to fit in, not just the delivery of the work, but the admin and everything. And that's, that's something we've talked about before in, in previous episodes. So I guess like one of the questions that I'd ask is, if we're saying that everyone's got the same amount of time, like what what do we mean by, if we're talking about time management, what do we actually mean by that, Michelle? 
Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we talk about time management a lot, or I hear freelancers talking about it a lot. And that begs the question, yeah, what, what is it? And this is one of the first things when I'm running training sessions or coaching sessions on this, is one of the first things I ask people, what is time management? And you usually get like definitions like um, doing the most important things with the resources or the time available to you. And of course, they're all quite good descriptions. But um, the first thing I normally point out to people is that there is no such thing as time management which when you're running a time management course might baffle people so we did <laughs> we, we do that we do that first thing in the morning it's like what is uh, by the way guys there's no such thing as time management and yes you are on a time management course uh, for like a whole day so um it's always a bit confusing but of course you can't manage time time is an abstract concept um so when we say time management, the only thing you can really do is manage yourself. And Katie, you were talking there about the different hats that we wear. And you're right, it's wonderful that as a freelancer, you can do anything, you can do whatever you want. But then that begs the question, what do I want? And time management at the end of the day is really priority management. Like you say, we all have the same number of hours in the day what are you prioritizing and that's what will define your success as a business so one of the things i often talk about with people is that we only have eighty-six thousand four hundred seconds a day we all get the same we all wake up every morning with eighty-six thousand four hundred seconds on the clock um we can't borrow from tomorrow if we're running out of time we can't carry on it over any time from yesterday anything that you don't use by the end of the day is lost uh, there's a great poem by mark levy about talking about like a bank account where there's no overdraft there's no deposits there's no withdrawals from tomorrow it's a great analogy and uh, and so this is the thing this is in one sense where we're all equal we get the same amount of time and it's a really a question of what what do we do with it what do you fit into your eight six thousand four hundred seconds and that's the difference between one person and another yeah i've heard it referred to as attention management before as well which i think is much more appropriate because it's about or focus you know where does your focus go where's your attention being spent because that's something like you say michelle you can control and i think especially in today's era i mean we didn't even mention you know being bombarded with social media notifications and everything else and again that's something that as a freelancer you get exposed to much more because we have to do all you know sort of the the social media and stuff we generally do that for our own businesses whereas if you're in a big business you'd probably have a whole department that's job is to manage the social media so you don't get bothered by that you know that again that can be a, a kind of double-edged sword and that sometimes I think people would like to be more able to access the their kind of customers and talk to them but it's it, from a time management or attention management perspective some people just manage to go, go without having those notifications bombarding them you know and your your kind of directives you might not work directly with clients so you, your kind of directives come from your from your line manager or colleagues rather than from clients and so you just have that bit more control over the input that comes in but also in terms of you know you're able to generally focus a bit more because you've just got that one workplace that's that's kind of putting the input in as opposed to if you've got with like 20 different clients that's 20 different sources of input all vying for your attention yeah and we're not saying that employees have it easy i go into lots of businesses and i see that people in in, in businesses uh, whether employed by others are pulled in lots of different directions but as you say katie it's not just oh there's another customer i need to get stuck into their account it's oh my oh my god where do i get the next customer from and it is it is massive like you say there's uh, and you can get sucked down that rabbit hole uh, because you've got to 
you've got to kiss a few frogs, haven't you? And sometimes some of the activity you put out there will have good in the long term, but it may not get you work straight away. So it's, yeah, where do I place my time or where do I place that attention? And that's why we say time management is really self-management or priority management or attention management. It's about knowing your own priorities, knowing what's important to you, knowing what's important to your customers and your business. And then it's um, a question of focusing your energy um, around those things um, rather than trying to manage the amount of hours you have in the day. So that's that's what we're, we're going for. And what makes this really tricky is that most people are pretty bad at knowing where their time goes, uh, Katie. There's a really good video on YouTube called Why Time Speeds Up As You Get Older. And I have uh, Ether Alali from uh, Alexis to, to thank for this because I asked him that question. I said, Ether, is it that change is getting quicker or is it just that I'm getting older and he said no it's definitely that you're getting older and time speeds up as you get older which was really interesting <laughs> and he was talking about chronoception but basically in this video and you can try this I recommend everyone listen to the podcast give this a go if you if you don't track your time or if you are not on top of how you spend your time um give this a go because there's one thing about time management that applies to all of us we're really bad at guessing or estimating um, time and it gets worse as you get older, which is why I'd recommend the video. So give it a go. Try um, and set your set a time, uh, we'll set a stopwatch going and see if you can shut your eyes and without counting, guess when 90 seconds has passed. Um, if you're in your early 20s, you might be quite accurate. Um, I'm 40, I'm pretty bad at it i tried it with my parents who are 60 they were pretty bad at it also so um we we are if we leave time to chance and we guess we're really really awful at it and i've decided i've described myself in the past as a time optimist and um i do grossly overestimate how much i can get done in a working day so here's the thing if we know that time is limited and we only have so much of it to spend um and we also know that um, we're pretty bad at guessing how to use it, then the question is how do we know where our time is going and are we using it uh, to focus our attention on the most important things? So one of the things I know that some people do is that they keep a time log. Now I've never done any specific 15 minute interval time tracking. Katie, have you have you done this? I thought you had yeah, time I've done tracked time, at some point. I've done time tracking, yeah. So there's a, there's a really good free tool called Toggle, so T-O-G-G-L and that allows you to track your time they've got an app and a desktop version and a chrome extension so you can track it pretty much wherever you are and i don't do it all the time but every so often i will kind of do a representative sample time tracking so i did i first did it when i'd been freelancing for about a year or so and it was so interesting in terms of where i thought i was spending my time versus where i was actually spending my time because you'll find that you kind of, most people are fairly confident in terms of like, oh yeah, I spend this much time on this and this much time on this, and there's definitely nowhere I could find any other time. I'm using my time absolutely to the maximum. And then you look at it and you're like, huh, I only did like four hours of actual useful work in an eight hour day. And the rest of it was basically just faffing about. And it does really make you realize. And one of the things that really helped me with was, it allowed me to see that even if I were to be, even if I was kind of being really productive, the amount of time it was taking me to create websites for people versus the amount of money I was charging 
and the number of hours in a month made me realise that even if I was working at full capacity, I wouldn't be able to make enough money to actually pay the bills and earn the basic amount that I needed to survive. And so that was very instrumental in actually, not just with my time management, but actually helping me to feel like I could increase my prices because as much as I was really conscious of not pricing people out of the market when they didn't have much budget and everything, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be any good to them if I'm not actually in business anymore. So time tracking really helped me from that perspective. Um, but yeah, also, if you're not sure about where your time goes, then try time tracking. It is a habit to get into. And I would say if you're trying to start tracking your time, don't be too perfectionist about it at first. Don't be disillusioned when you forget to start the timer and then give up. Just keep doing it and try and do as much as you can. And if you don't have a full pattern in the first week, at least you have some information. And once you get more into the habit of it, then you're more likely to get a fuller pattern of what you do. So if you try and say, right, okay, before I before I do this, I'm going to do this. Or, I mean, there's a lot of stuff around habits that we can talk about a bit later in this episode, actually, um, around habits and time management. But if you're going to create a new habit, a good time to do it is to associate it with a trigger. So, for example, um, after I brush my teeth, I will blah, blah, blah. Um, a really good book, if you're interested in habits, is one called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I read that over Christmas and it's a good, it, it takes it takes a, from a few other books that I've read that are good and kind of distills that information and adds in some new information. So I found it was a very good overview of habit, kind of the most up-to-date habit research and I- ideas around it. But yeah, try and think of, okay, when I, you know, before I sit down to turn my laptop on, I do this and ideally if you can associate a reward with the habit then that's even better so you have like a a, something that says right yeah I'm going to do this and then I'll do this and sometimes it might just be open the app even if you don't remember to actually start it just start with a small thing and build it up from there um so what yeah if you start tracking then you can find out where things go another tool that I've just started having a play around with is one called rescue time and that is much more automated and so that's more so the type toggle is more like you you tell it what you're spending your time on so you say i'm working on this client project i'm doing admin i'm doing social media etc rescue time is automated so you install something on your computer and you install the app on your phone and then it will track where you spend your time so it will tell you what websites you're using the most time it will estimate what how productive you are and so if you're not sure within a day where your time goes and what sites and what what things you you know what you're actually doing it will tell you so then if you're kind of thinking oh i only spend 10 minutes on twitter it might tell you you're actually spending 40 minutes on twitter for example um so there's a couple of time tracking options you can just use a spreadsheet or a notepad and just jot down as well you know it doesn't have to be with an app or anything yeah a a pad and pen is is really good um so the the idea I've, i've seen spreadsheets made you can make a spreadsheet very easily but i mean the aim of the game is just just track 15 minute increments and kind of spread it out and uh, I've seen it done where you've got a spreadsheet where you put all the tasks that you do with a day across the top your 15 minute increments down the left hand side and then you just write how many minutes um, in each 15 minute period you spent on each task so five minutes here 10 minutes here or 15 minutes doing you know writing uh, text or something so the other way so you just do with the pad and pen and then tot it up at the end so this isn't about making um, another task or making it too laborious it's just understanding where your time goes and as Katie says if if you're doing costing proposals this can be really good because um, I'm going to do a collaboration with someone at the moment now when I work for just me I manage my time 
um, quite straightforward. I don't really track it, but I know intuitively how long a task will take and I charge and I know what the right price to charge is and that works. I'm now about to collaborate and do a proposal with someone else and they want to help, they want to do the commercials. And now I'm a little bit stuck about how to charge it because I can't really break it down that easily. So I could probably do a tracking my time a little bit today. So it's, it, that's kind of, uh, that's what it's about and Katie you're right when people do track their time as laborious as it sounds what they they don't realize where their time goes and I have the same thing so I don't ask people to do use something like toggle but what I do is I just print out um uh, just a plain piece of paper with seven columns of 24 and I just say right think about your last week just put where you spent your time. So write your commuting time, write um, your lunch time, write your um, work time, write your admin time and get people just to colour in the boxes and shade them. They don't even have to be that accurate. Just roughly estimate where each hour went in the working week. And that includes things like sleeping, eating, cleaning, shopping, all this stuff. Pretty much everyone in the room tells me they don't have enough hours in the day, yet when you ask them what they did with their week, most of them end up with massive chunks of time left. And most people in the room end up scratching their heads going, where did my time go? I don't understand why I'm so busy, but I've been rushed off my feet. I know I have. So if, if you find that you've been rushed off your feet and you don't think you've got anything to show for it, doing some sort of exercise on where does my time go can really help you work it out. And I think knowing where it goes to begin with is the key to managing your time well or finding time for the things that you want as we're about to about to explain it with some tips here about how we um, manage time but one thing I can promise you is that if you don't know where your time goes other people will decide for you <laughs> it's so, so true. It, it's so it is true like I find that it's like yeah if you don't know where your time is going people will come in with could you just or will you just do this and they will make a decision about what your priorities are and tell you what the most important things are and that's not necessarily what's important to you and it's really easy to lose time running after other people's priorities which is why I think that's important yeah and I think I mean, one of one of the things that's really interesting like you were saying Michelle is that we're really hard at we're really hard at estimating the amount of time something is gonna take either you go over or you go under one thing I've actually done which has really helped me with that is um and and, and it's taken from the uh, kind of an, an approach that's used generally by like development teams so the kind of agile um, way of working where you kind of pick that your, your team you're working kind of batches of, of projects rather than kind of so, so you kind of review it regularly where you're up to and people kind of say right I, I'm going to do this task I'm going to do this task people take responsibility for it and one of the factors that they do in that is they rather than estimating how long something's going to take they estimate how difficult something is and what people have found is that the correlation between difficulty and time is quite high so people are much better at estimating how difficult a task is and generally a more difficult task takes more time not necessarily psychological difficulty but even that actually with procrastination can end up taking long but just the like okay I don't actually know how to do this so before I do this task I'm going to have to do some research therefore it was going to take me longer and so if you do struggle to estimate your time you could try starting to do it by difficulties you can just give it a mark out of 10 for example and then you can start to get a pattern then. Okay, so, so so for me, you know, I might say, right, okay, if I estimate something as an eight, I know that will take me an hour and a half. If I estimate something as a three, that's just a quick 10 minute job. And so you start to get a pattern for how much, for how the difficulty relates to time. And we're much more accurate at assessing difficulty as opposed to time. So that's one, one little tip for, for doing that. 
I think the other thing that's worth mentioning as well is that when you are tracking your time, it might be tempting not to write down the little things because you think they're so inconsequential. Like, oh, I, you know, I took a five minute break and went online or I did this or whatever. But actually those things are really important, not just how long they took, but when they happened. So when you're tracking your time, don't don't just write down necessarily what what amount of time you had. Write down when it occurred and what you were doing at the same time. Again, not you don't have to write an essay, but just like, you know, client work, whatever like whatever start time, whatever stop time. Make a note, because actually the interruptions are massive productivity killers. And so if you are only just taking, oh, it's only five minutes, it's not even worth logging. But if those five minutes are interrupting what would otherwise have been really productive work, it will take you longer to do that overall task because when we switch tasks, and we've talked about this before, I think in some of the episodes, when you switch tasks, it takes you much longer to get back into a task compared to if you're just in it in the zone focusing and working without distractions on a particular project yeah and people generally underestimate those small things as well so like I say this morning I was terrible at time management because I had to start my car tax and you might think well that only takes place once a year okay well today it was car tax but uh, another day it might be meter readings another day it might be MOT another day it might be an inquiry from the energy company so these household admin tasks each one is you say inconsequential might just take a few minutes just to pop online and do something but in any given day or week hopefully what I would begin to see from my time tracking is that actually they prop up quite a bit and that may give me some you know some idea of actually realistically how much time personal admin do I need so like you say worth yeah. worth tracking yeah because sometimes I think we think we, we we kind of reflect back and we assign a figure even so so we're terrible at estimating forwards but yeah like you say we're terrible at reflecting on on how long something has been as well and I think sometimes we allocate the amount of time to how we how much we thought it should take even if, so if you, even if it took you two hours when you're trying to remember how long it took you kind of think oh that should only have taken half an hour and you almost you kind of minimize the amount of time you spent on it so um that that's another yeah another reason why time tracking is good because you have an accurate picture of where your time goes so that's the first challenge know where your time goes that's a lot harder than you think and if you know where your time goes you may be thinking well I'm, I, I thought I was using every hour that I had and was using it efficiently if you are a human being as I'm sure we all are you'll probably <laughs> find that you don't because even if you absolutely nailed your time management at one point in your life chances are things have shifted so maybe you've got more complex clients or bigger clients and things are taking longer or maybe you just have more admin and stress in your life maybe you now have kids or a bigger house or whatever so uh, the goalposts keep shifting which is why this is always good to reflect on so then this brings us on to well how do we then manage our time so katie and i will share a few tips with you that we've come across on our travels in the quest to manage our time uh, efficiently um, as self-employed people now um one of the classic ones i want to highlight katie is 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 stephen covey's time management matrix now i i think this still gets taught for people who are doing management at uni it gets probably taught a bit more widely but stephen covey wrote a book um decades ago actually i think it was the late 90s and he wrote um his seven habits are highly effective people it was such a good book he had to add in an eighth habit after the fact um so clearly he didn't nail that right but he, he did his his time management matrix which is a little bit wordy the way he explains it but i've been training this for people for 
decades and has have a lot of my fellow trainers and actually all of us still absolutely swear by this and manage our time by it so it's for me this is a great um, way of looking at things because it stood the test of time and I've used it every single day since I learnt it so I think that's uh, whether I've been employed or self-employed and Stephen Covey said there are really two things you need to consider when trying to get your priorities right if you've only got th- um, you know your um, I've forgot the number of seconds now okay in a day you're 86,400 seconds in a day how do you work out what to use and he said just use these two factors first of all work out well, what is urgent so this is the stuff that demands your attention now it's not necessarily important, but if a phone is ringing or a notification pops up or a crisis emerges, then it's demanding your attention now. It may turn out to be inconsequential, but it's urgent. The other factor he said was work out what is truly important. So it may not be demanding your attention right now, but the consequences of doing it are great or the consequences of not doing it are severe. So what is the impact of, of that thing, doing it or not doing it? And that will tell you how important something is. And he says he it, what Covey did was create a matrix. So with urgence down one side, importance in the other. And he put things into those four quadrants and someone else has come along since. This wasn't Stephen Covey, but they've kind of conveniently placed it into the four Ds, which is do, dump, delegate and diarise. So if you kind of imagine that, you know, urgence down one axis, importance down the other, create a quadrant out of that. What Covey said was if something is urgent and important, so it's really key and it needs your attention now, you're going to have to just get on and do it. But this is sort of like the firefighting quadrant and most of us spend a lot of time in this quadrant just getting stuff done that needs doing because we're running after ourselves. But what he says is if you can, try and get things into the quadrant, which is things are really important, but they're not necessarily urgent. So this is the diarise bit. So if the other bit was do, this is diarise. I said as far as possible, try and get um, those things in the diary. So if something is really, really important and you know it needs doing, but it doesn't need doing now, allocate the time for it so you know for sure that it is going to get done. As far as possible, try and do that from today. Shifts are from the do box to the diary box. The other two were the stuff that Katie talked about, which was the kind of distractions or the constant interruptions, which seem really urgent, but they're usually not that important and they really eat up your time. And so you've got this into two, which is the stuff that is urgent, but not important to so the stuff that screams your attention, but isn't really that consequential. His suggestion was to delegate it. I would probably tweak that slightly into delegate it automate it or find some way to collaborate with other people on it so can you get someone else to do it can you outsource it um would this be a good opportunity for someone else so if you're running a consultancy and you're really good at what you're doing um and you're doing lots of really important client work could you now give some of that work to another freelancer to do some of the more straightforward stuff or if you're spending a lot of time in your books around tax time for example is it time that you hired an accountant for example doing your um, taxes I suppose is quite important but um, it's probably not important that you do it so that's one of his suggestions and the final one of course is if it's not important and it's not urgent such as needlessly going on Twitter and getting into rows with total strangers um, then dump it Uh, that's that's your 4D so do delegate dump and diarise now the execution of that and how you do it is is the tricky bit the devil's in the details but can you find a way to do it so you can google that if, if the verbal description has been hard to follow yeah is it also called the eisenhower matrix is that the it same might thing? be 
I have heard. I don't know, Katie. Actually, I, think I, they might, I think they might be the same. They might be the same thing. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's either Eisenhower Matrix or the Covey Matrix. Um, yeah. But yeah, the urgent, important thing is really good. I think, like, like you say, if you can get, like, you, you'll ha- it'll take you a little while to clear the urgent and important stuff, the firefighting stuff. But if you can clear that, and then do the important stuff before it becomes urgent that's when you start to feel a bit more calm and in control about your work and I think one of the things that one of the reasons we all crave to know more about time management and productivity and that we just you know kind of want to do it it isn't even necessarily about doing the work it's about how we feel about the work and I think it's that psychological feeling on top of something and feeling like you are making progress on what matters and you're not letting people down and you're not missing deadlines if you feel on top of it and you still have a lot of work to do that is a much better situation than actually if you had slightly fewer tasks but felt completely all over the place and overwhelmed i think yeah it it definitely does and i think it's all right kate because because sometimes we're so busy we can't just stop and slow down to think about that stuff but i've started getting to habit if i'm going to check it just scan my emails first thing in the morning i sometimes go into town and sit to have a coffee and i just plan my week so what i've got on this week and spend that time getting the things into the four quadrants and just working planning what is important to diet so more time in the diarising box which i hate that term it's very american uh, but um more time in the diarising box than i do in the doing box and when i wasn't employed i used to take myself to a soft seating area every so often and just plan it the other thing to mention about this is the delegate and dump it can take a while to outsource or palm off uh, in the positive sense of the word or to dump some of those things you can't just drop things straight away um so it may take a while to strategically get some of those things out of your life but if you can extract yourself from stuff just like i don't know if you sit on a committee that you used to really enjoy but you don't anymore if there's a a thing you used to offer your customers but it's not really giving that much value to all of them or to you is it time to get rid of it that takes a while to extract yourself but definitely worth taking time out no matter how busy you are to work out how to do it i think yeah i think like a lot of people have a to-do list but one of the things that i really like the idea of is a not doing list or a not doing now list if you say not doing now it takes the pressure off you're not saying you're never doing it again but yeah can you take a step back yeah like you say with volunteering is it something where it's just actually becoming more of a chore than adding value you can you know can you can you volunteer for a different organization that maybe works better with your schedule or something like circumstances change so it is worth evaluating your commitments and even like the services that you offer we talked about this in the previous episode about whether we grow and what we do and actually yeah have you outgrown some of your services do you need to stop offering them or like you say michelle delegate them one other thing i found really helpful around the urgent important stuff was again slightly more around the mindset but practical as well um i find that if if i'm kind of feeling a bit overwhelmed i'll write i'll write a list and say right what tasks if i got these done by the end of the month what tasks would make me feel like i was on it on top of everything what would make me feel in control of my to-do list and on top of my work and actually when i try whenever i do that i struggle to get more than 10 so i find 10 is the right number for me it might be different for you but for me 10 tasks and they're not even massive tasks but it's things that maybe are sort of on the periphery of your work and you kind of they're there nagging your mind but they don't ever command your full attention so like probably the more important but not urgent stuff and so then write down okay what what are the tasks if you did them would make you feel better and then what's the next step towards that and a lot of the time it is actually just follow up with this client 
maybe there's a project that's been lagging for a while and it's 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 kind of say it's not urgent so it's not commanding that attention but just by doing that and reframing it not you know what are all the tasks that i have to do because you're never going to get to the end of them you will always have more tasks but what what would make me feel better at the end of this month and i normally do that about half the way through the month as a kind of sort of midway checkpoint and that's really helped me with getting the important stuff keeping moving yeah definitely and i think that's what why it's, I, you know we talk about priority management or where are you putting your attention and that's why i think it's so important to know yourself so we talk about knowing your why quite a lot knowing your why for you and knowing your why for your business so it's really important to know your own priorities so what so when we talk about urgency and importance that sounds quite straightforward and quite often we'll be tempted to put down what is important to our customers or our clients but actually knowing what's important to you is important too so uh like you say katie what would make you feel better or even what things do you need in your life so if it's time for exercise or if it's time for eating healthily or it's time for spending time with your partner or friends if they are they might be important to your client or for making money but they're important to you i would say they're still important so if you're doing this exercise i suggest doing it with your personal life as well as your work life because as katie said at the beginning this work life merge means that um sometimes they can bleed into each other so it's really important that you look at your whole life when you do it and the other thing that's really helped me do that is we've talked before i think about the rocks and the jars there are countless videos on youtube and one day i'll make one that's that's better than what's out there at the minute but if you uh, it comes to the old myth about this you know university professor and talking about things that are you know unimportant important urgent not important like rocks sands pebbles and uh um water and basically just saying you know most people just most of us are reactive so we just fill our 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 time jar if you like imagining a jar is that all the time you have in a week or a month or a year most of us just take things as they come at us and then chuck things into our, our our pot of time as they as they hit us um which is where these interruptions come from and the, and the wisdom is that if you imagine that your jar is all the time you have available to you in a week, say, put your big rocks in first. So your big rocks are the things that are important and urgent or the, the things that are really significant to you. Put those in your diary or your jar first, then put the things that are kind of important, but maybe, you know, urgent, but not important, fit those around and then put the things that are not so significant last. So put your big rocks in first is the big thing. And this is something that I've been doing for quite some time. And as a self-employed person, I really, really need to get this right. So I've just done myself a planner with the days of the week on, including the weekends and evenings and all the big stuff that's important that's on my priority list katie so i'm not just talking about client work obviously goes in first so training delivery training design so on and so forth but other stuff as well that i want to do so if there's things i want to design for my business or things i would like to do in my business which um i want to create and that um i'm not on the hook to deliver now but i want to put energy into them they go into the diary personal development goes into the diary so when i've got that planner my big rocks or my important stuff whether it be for clients or for myself they go in first and if someone says have you got any time or could you just it goes in so like you're saying katie trying to work out that you had to raise your prices because you didn't have enough hours i think that kind of overarching view of what's important to you put that in see what's left that tells you what your prices are but not just in terms of money but in terms of what can you spare in terms of time as well yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things to remember when you're, if you're trying to work out what is important is what are, what aligns with your values. So your business values or your personal values, normally there's a little bit of overlap between them if they're not the same, um, not, not completely the same. 
And also what's your, where are you trying to get to? And so in the important stuff is what is gonna take you to where you want to go. So um, whether you have a kind of vision or if you have particular goals, or even if you don't have anything so concrete as that where, but you just, you know, like like Michelle said, your why, what, what, what's the reason you went freelance? What do you wanna achieve with your business? And the important stuff is what's gonna take you towards that. Um, so it's like you say, it's not just the client work, it's the stuff around the business development, uh, like working, on your business, not just in your business. So we just have to think to try and get that the right way around. Um, yeah. We talked about that in episode 14, if you were more interested in this sort of uh, how to make time and how to make sure you're doing the strategy stuff and the development, not just the delivery work and not just the reactive work, the busy work that needs doing. Yeah, if, if, if you went into business for like work-life balance and I think, you know, spare time, family time, personal, but they, they've got to be your, your big rocks if you're right. And like I said, volunteering for me, Katie, that goes in the diary. That's a big rock for me. It, it's planned first. It doesn't make me any money, but it is, it's hugely important. So that works too. A, a similar approach to the big rocks first is a book called Eat That Frog by someone called Brian Tracy. And that's similar in that it, it kind of um, advocates doing the kind of big tasks first but specifically the kind of yucky tasks that you don't want to do so the idea is if you have to eat a live frog every day do it first thing in the morning then you can go about your day knowing that you've done the worst tasks so the scary tasks that like oh I've got to phone someone and ask for money or sending a proposal anything which you would generally tend to procrastinate on do that first because then you know it's done and you can tick that off your list and feel that you've done something and also ticking stuff off your list is really motivating to keep you going you've had a win and then you're kind of buoyed by that to then keep going and do other stuff as well yeah that fits really well because we talked about this in another episode which was habits of successful freelancers but we took but katie's talking there about eat the frog so if you had to eat a frog when would you do it and of course they say get it done first thing but we also talked about um the power of when by dr bruce and he talks about when is your best energy of the day based on your your chronotype or based on your own circadian rhythm so not only is um that eating the frog idea really important in terms of get the get the tough tasks out the way first so you can reward yourself and you get them behind you but also your best energy of the day quite possibly will come first thing in the morning that's when you're probably most alert for most people so actually spending your time on those tough tasks early doors they'll probably get your best energy the more we put them off the more tired or uh, distracted we're likely to be so it's not just what you how much time you allocate but also what you do with that time that's really significant too yeah, and if you do that before checking your emails, then you're not gonna, there's less risk of that getting derailed by other tasks coming in and demanding your time and attention. Um, so yeah. ideally, if you can do that task before the, before kind of opening the floodgates of input, I know that's not always practical. And for some people you need to, you need to be a bit more responsive on, on emails or on, on other forms of communication. But if you can do it first before notifications come in, then that is always better. Do you have a good tip that I, I'd sort of read somewhere, which I think is really good? If you use Outlook or a similar program, um, it, rather than, because it's defaulted to email, I think, and most companies use that, but actually it, the suggestion was you can change in Outlook your view from defaulting to email first thing 
or you, but you can change it to default to calendar. So you don't talk about your 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 diary and putting your big rocks in the diary or big rocks in the jar first. Actually, you can actually change Outlook to get your calendar view up. And so you start your day looking at your calendar. So then you should see your big rocks in the diary and then see all the stuff you've planned around it rather than, as you say, Kate, then getting distracted by the email. But you can do that even if you use Gmail like I do, rather than starting the day by going into Gmail, why not just get into the habit of starting your day by going into calendar and then working around that first and then you might think oh I haven't got time to get into the email I'll just have a quick scan for the urgent stuff and to check them out later so small habits like that can make a huge difference as to how you organize your time email's the habit for most people but I would suggest calendar first would be a great way to start your week and you feel a lot less frazzled as well yeah exactly and that I can think quite links quite nicely actually into another really useful time management approach that I'm a big fan of um so Uh, If you haven't already read Getting Things Done by David Allen, and if you're struggling with managing your time, then either read the book or read a synopsis of the book, which tells you about the main kind of points of it. So again, this is one of the, you'll you'll find it's quite interesting actually, Michelle, that I find a lot of the time management books that that are really good and do really well are actually, they they tend to be written a while back and they are updated regularly, the most successful ones. But I've not come across as many sort of time management ones recently. I think most of the stuff now is that that comes out is a lot of books around habits and attention and and kind of focus, which I think is also really important. But David Allen, um, Getting Things Done, was written, well, it must be about 15, 10, 15 years ago at least now. Um, it is a little bit corporate American, but I think the, the key ideas from it are really valuable. So what, what the main kind of ideas in that are, um, are that your brain is not, an efficient task management system. So that's why you remember that you need toothpaste when you're in the shower and not when you're actually at the shop that sells toothpaste. And so your brain isn't designed to do that. So the the kind of main tenets of that are get, get the information out of your head and into a trusted system rather than trying to rely on your brain to remember everything. And then the other aspect, which is probably my favorite thing of it, is what is the next action? So when you're doing a task if you find that it's been on your to-do list for ages and it's maybe a bit of a kind of big amorphous blob that might be why you're not having much success doing it because you've not broken it down into what the next step is and one of the things that he talks about in the book is if you've got something on your to-do list is it actually an actionable task that you can do so if you are for example if you, you might have on your to-do list, get your car serviced. I think I've probably mentioned this example before. Get If you want to get your car serviced. So p- people might put service car on the to-do list. And that might seem like a really valid to-do list item. But unless you are actually a mechanic and you could go out and service your car this afternoon if you had a few spare hours, then that isn't the next step. So the next step is, okay, well, how am I... Okay, what, how, what do I need to do first before that? Okay, well, I need to get it booked in with the garage. Okay, is that the next step? Can I just book it in with the garage no I don't know what the phone number is okay so the next step is actually find the phone number for the garage and possibly also get your diary ready to so that you can book it in for an appointment so I really like that idea of breaking things down into the next action and this is why I was mentioning it in relation to emails because this is a thing that I think we often do wrong with emails is that we see emails as the as the, as the kind of we almost use our inbox as a to-do list and we see emails as the tasks and, and everything in the email we have to do. But actually, most emails are just a, a kind of signal that you need to take another action. So with if you get an email in your inbox, 
ask yourself, what's the next action I need to take? And so it might be that you need to reply to it. It might be that you need to save some material for future reference. It might be that you need to go and put together a proposal or you need to go and do some work externally. It might be that you need to reach out to somebody else for information, but what, what's the next action? And once you've established what that next action is, you can then, like we were talking about before, diarize it, you can put it on your calendar, you can put it into whatever to-do list system you use, and then you don't need the email anymore. So you save the reference material and then you don't need the email anymore. So I think sometimes if you find you've got emails languishing in your inbox, same with if you've got stuff in your to-do list, just say, because I do this sometimes, if I don't have, I like to have nothing in my inbox at the end of every day. But sometimes I get to the point where I've got, you know, so 20 emails or whatever, and they're just sort of sitting there and I'm like, okay, I know what I've not been doing. I've not been asking myself, what's the next action? So I look at it and go, oh, actually, the next action is just to reply to say, thanks, I've received this and I'll get the work to you next week. So a lot of the time it is just the kind of acknowledgement or, you know, replying with, uh, yeah, great, I'm going to work on this at this point. And kind of like we talked about last, uh, I think it was the last episode, you know, being proactive and keeping keeping clients, um, I think it was a few episodes ago actually, being proactive and kind of keeping clients informed. If you do that next action thing, then that can really help you to be proactive rather than wait for clients to chase you. Um, the other thing he says is if it, if in terms of processing your inbox, if it takes two minutes or less, just do it there. So if, if it's a quick reply, just do it as you're processing your emails. If you're, if it's going to take more than two minutes, like if it's a long reply that you need to give some kind of, you know, real attention to, then set a time to do that. Don't do that while you're just going through your inbox. So a lot of people recommend only checking your email a few times a day to avoid distractions if possible. And set times to do that and spend you know up to 20 minutes half an hour doing that but just go go through and do the replies don't actually do the work at that point because you can schedule to do the work at a later date yeah i really like that and do you know the do dump delegate diarize the four d's works really well for inboxes as it does um with um time management generally katie so like you say if you're just going to scan your emails don't necessarily do it it's not your to-do list but you can actually sort them into do dump delegate diarize so this is an email i have to action is this as one i can just bin is it one that actually sits with someone else or do i need to put this in the diary to do it but not necessarily action it straight away unless it's incredibly urgent so um i really like that idea and uh, it is nice to see your inbox down down to zero which is uh, is really lovely yeah and um, one of the advantages of taking kind of reference material out of your inbox when it comes in so say for me one example is a client might send me um, a word document with some copy for a website so what i'll always do is save that document somewhere else outside of my inbox either in Dropbox or on Trello, which is basically a free project management tool that I use. Um, which means that then if I've scheduled some time to work on that client project, I don't need to go back into my inbox to get that information. Because of course, when you go back in your inbox to get that information, all kinds of new and shiny prospects are there. There's unread emails and you get distracted by them and you see something that you wouldn't otherwise have seen, but you see it and you go, oh, panic, I need to deal with that now. Even though I I, I'm, I say to my clients, look, if it's, if it's urgent, don't email me. Like I will not, I will assume if it's urgent, you're gonna call me or send me a message on my phone. 
if if you want something done urgently, email is not the medium to do that. And so then I know if I've got something in my inbox, yeah, I'll respond within 24 hours generally, but I don't treat that as a, an urgent means of communication. So if I don't look at it, I know the world doesn't, isn't going to end. Uh, but if you look at it and you just see it, then it's just so tempting to do something with it. So, and then that can derail you and cause you to spend more time on stuff. And then, yeah, you could literally spend your whole day just in your in- inbox replying to stuff, but you wouldn't actually get anything valuable done. Yeah, and that kind of brings me, it's a slightly more of a technology one, Katie, but I think that's a good point. I th- for, for A big one for me in terms of time management, that's not really how I manage my time or self-management, as I suppose we're calling it now, but um, yeah, just switch off notifications. And I think when you are allocating time to things, um, you know, you've worked out what's important, you work out what, you put it in the diary, you create space for it, you make sure your big rocks are gone in first, then switch your notifications off or mute them unless you, you know, unless you're quick, you know, close to a deadline then I would say, I even take my batteries out my doorbell as well. Just switch off the distractions um, and you're more likely to be more productive with that time that you've allocated as well as using the time wisely as well. Yeah, I think one of the things I love doing uh, for that, actually, that kind of for having that focus time and turning off distractions is the Pomodoro technique. Um, so if you haven't heard of it, it's it's basically the idea of working in distraction-free focused chunks of time so you do 25 minutes focus time five have a five minute break do another 25 minutes repeat that four times so you're doing four times 25 minutes of work and at the end of that you get the reward which is half an hour to go down the internet rabbit hole or whatever it was that you wanted to do during those times so the idea is if a distraction comes in or a temptation even comes in while you're doing that focus time make a note of it So you're not saying you don't get to do it. You're saying you get to do this at the end once you've done your focus work. And in that half hour at the end, you then reward yourself for being focused and you spend that time doing whatever you want to do. And I've found that that is the single most effective thing. If I'm feeling like I haven't got enough time, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, that I will do this this kind of Pomodoro technique. So it's called Pomodoro because the guy that invented it used um, one of those tomato-shaped kitchen timers and Italian for tomato is pomodoro he was italian yeah so they're also kind um, of like super litigious as well um, they really are really... they're kind of evil and i really hate promoting them um but the technique works so <laughs> the technique works it, they like if you use tomato timer pomodoro timer but they get they get a bit bit twitchy with the old lawyers but um i credit them but i don't remember their names <laughs> yeah yeah i i remember the i remember the name of the guy but i'm not gonna say it because he doesn't deserve oh <laughs> sue me ah yeah, um, Katie. Her name's Katie Carlisle, everybody. Super <laughs> I'm ready for this fight. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's like they don't want you to promote their ideas. It's so strange. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's a really good one. Or just even just spending... Like some another thing I do, if I'm not doing that, if I kind of like feel like I'm not ready to commit to like the full cycle of 25 times four, then um, I've got some 15 minute playlists on Spotify and I just put one of them on and they're, they're kind of quite motivating playlists. I'll just put one of them on and say, right, I've just got to work for 15 minutes. I'll just start. And I find that just once you start, it then kind of gets you into it and then you keep going. If you're kind of putting something off, then it's a really good yeah. way to actually get started on a task. 
It is, yeah. There is research that shows if you do the first 10 minutes of a task, um, it just break the first 10 minutes, you will stick with it because then your brain finds the kind of memory for doing it. You're immersed in it and then that's it. You, you want to finish it. I did. I haven't shown you this, Kate. I'll have to show you in a minute. I, the difference between you and I is you've got your 15 minutes playlist. I actually purchased three, three egg timers, one for 15 minutes, one for 30 minutes um, and one for an hour. Like literally, I have three old school sandy egg timers. Oh, proper. Oh, nice. And and then literally I just I've just decided I because I, I don't want the technology for the distraction so I've just I've just got them on Amazon but um literally just put them on the desk plonk it turn it over I find the the sand going through it quite soothing yeah and, um, it's like an executive right, toy almost <laughs> it is I've got them on my windowsill I'm just slightly concerned they might deflect the lighting and, and set my office on fire but apart from that I, I'm really details details yeah yeah but uh yeah so old school if you're, if you're worried about the technology just got old school I got myself three classy looking ed timers and my office looks a bit, you know, a bit posh like that. Like you say, an executive toy. <laughs> so, Michelle, like we've talked about a few different approaches in terms of, you know, how to tackle the, the time management issue. Is there anything else that you would suggest in terms of techniques or tips to make the most of our days and get more done? Which I guess is kind of the, what we want to do is we want to make sure we get enough, maybe not more, but we get enough done. Yeah, I no. The only thing that I'd add is, and I do this with a lot of coaching clients, and I do this for myself too. Um, you know, I said self time management is self management, and it's about knowing what you want. You've only got those eighty six thousand four hundred seconds, so knowing what you want is really key because other people will decide for you if you don't decide for yourself. And so the only other thing I'd suggest doing, you know, we talked about knowing where your time is going. I would suggest work out what you want first. So I would literally make a list of your priorities, both personal and professional just take even if it's just 10 15 minutes just make that list of priorities for you and rank them in order of importance and the reason why i think this is important is that no matter which of these techniques you're using or perhaps you have some other techniques which we would love to hear if you've got any other good time management tips it all comes down to what do you want to do with the limited time that you've got and in order to know that or manage it you've got to know it for yourself so write down your list of things that are important to you personally or professionally rank them in order and now the reason why the ranking and order is important is that we've said this before katie whenever you say yes to spending time on something you are by default saying no to other things and so if something is things compete for our time and you've got to know intuitively or instinctively whether that is something that um is worth bumping something out the calendar for so like you say it's you can click on an email and have a shiny prospect you can get distracted by a new toy or tool uh, a friend might ask you for help uh, you might be told there's a prospect for for work with a customer and it's good exposure or whatever blah 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 but actually if you know what your priorities are and you know you've got a finite amount of time if you've already got that ranked list when someone comes in with a request you can very then very easily think right well is this more important to me than that or is this more important than these three things and the answer is no it's very easy for you to manage your time and turn stuff away or say yes if it's going to further you to one of your objectives so I would, I would definitely have that list have it in priority order and whenever something comes in just say is this more important to me than something else on the list and where does it sit and the reality is there's lots of things we'd like to do there's lots of things we could do and they're all really fantastic stuff but they're not all of the same importance and that's where the priority comes in I think yeah it's like play your cards right for freelancers yes higher lower 
Yeah, we should totally make a card game out of that. Nobody nicked that idea. We're going to copy it. Yeah, it's us. Yeah, we'll sue you. We'll we'll get Pomodoro on you. Um, (laughs) Actually, if you are interested in that element, there's a book called Essentialism. Um, I can't quite remember the the guy's name. Something McEwen, I think it is. Um, But it's called Essentialism anyway. And that is kind of taking what you said, Michelle, around you can't do everything. And so working out what you do want to focus on, it's kind of minimalism for business, really. Um, but I found it really interesting read if you're interested in that kind of working out how to say no and how to prioritize and how to kind of recognize that you can't do everything, but find ways to feel like you're still achieving what matters. Um, it was a really interesting read for me. What about you, Katie? Any other tips? Yeah, I think the final thing I'd mention is something you've kind of touched on when you were talking about your weekly planning, but another aspect of the getting things done approach, uh, the David Allen book, is having a weekly review. And that is a really powerful thing as well to keep you on on track. So like you do your weekly planning, Michelle. Um, so the weekly review is basically a time when you check in and you review your projects, you review all the possible kind of sources of input. So for me, it would be, I check my emails, I go through my WhatsApp messages because that's the main way I communicate with clients. If you get like physical paper input as well, you can go through that. Anything, any way that people communicate tasks to you, go through all of those and make sure that you've got, you know, check your voicemails, etc. etc. Um, identify any new tasks, review your existing projects. So I have a list of all my clients and I have a list of side projects and things that I wanna work on. So every week I'll sit down and I'll go through those. And I'll just ask myself, do I need to do anything? Do I need to do anything for this? Do I need to do anything for this? So how do I just keep everything moving forward a little bit? Or is it okay that it isn't moving forward at the moment? And if so, I say, right, yeah, that doesn't need anything. And then that takes that worry off my mind. And that just helps me to make sure I'm not missing anything and identify what are the kind of, what are the next things I need to be working on in the coming weeks. So that's, that's the kind of the weekly planning thing, but it is that kind of checking in, making sure that, you know, you're keeping your plates spinning, that analogy, just keeping, making sure that your plates keep spinning. Uh, that's what I find really helpful as well about that approach. And it doesn't have to be anything like, formal like sometimes I do it on the train that that's probably the, like if, if I'm if I'm getting the train somewhere for an hour then I'll I'll do it at that point so I'll just have the app on my I use Trello um so I'll have the Trello app on my phone and I'll go through that and I'll go through my inbox and everything it's all on my phone so I can just do it easily um and then yeah that just makes me feel on top of everything and for me it's for me it's mostly psychological it's about how I feel about it not necessarily how many tasks there are because I'm like, well, okay, you know, if I need to do an evening or a weekend, then I can. And, um, you know, I know that's a luxury for some people, especially if you've got a family. Um, but for me, yeah, it's that that kind of approach. Cool. Well, that's quite a lot we've covered there, there Katie. We've gone from, uh, you know, why is it important for freelancers right the way through to knowing where your time goes and time tracking. Uh, and most of us don't know where our time goes. Uh, then some tips about how we can manage it and make sure that our time works for us as opposed to being pulled in different directions by other people. Uh, we always finish with a last tip, Katie, of all the things we've discussed today, what is the, the one thing that kind of sticks with you? For me, I would say... finding ways to focus and so whether it's a playlist or just get started you know something to get you started and get you focused even if it's just 20 minutes that is really valuable time the more you can work focused without distractions the more I think you'll find that your time expands 
You feel yeah. like you can do more in, in less time. What about you? Yeah. Um, for me, it's just knowing what's the most important to you and make sure that um, you put that in the diary first and everything else fits in around it. So time management from the inside out rather than from the outside in. Ooh, so yeah, That sounds like a book. Yes. Well, someone's probably already read it. Can't, can't, can't claim that. But yeah, definitely work internally, work out what's important to you and then let every, fit everything else external to you fit in around it. I think that's the only way to do it. So there we go. A couple, a few tips from Katie and I. That is uh, all for us on the subject of time management for now. But we know there's loads of other tools and tips out there. So please do share with us your time management tips. We'd love to hear them. Um, you can contact uh, contact us at 99problemscast. Katie, have I got that right? Yes, on Twitter we are 99, number 99, problems and then cast like podcast, C-A-S-T. Um, and yeah, yeah. Tell tell us your tips. Tell us the problems you'd like us to tackle. We're we're getting to almost halfway through our list of ninety nine now, so we're we're kind of gonna crack on with the other problems that we know about but if there's anything you'd like us to tackle then please get in touch and also if you're finding this podcast helpful please share it with other people that you think might be interested as well um so yeah let us know get in touch with us and we will see you next time for another episode of 99 problems but a boss ain't one